Hi everybody, this is Marlene with Miami Ghost Chronicles Stories of the Supernatural. How are you all doing tonight? And tonight I have a very special guest. Uh, this gentleman, his name, well, not his real name, but, uh, this, but he goes by the name of Bet Light. And as we get into the show, you're going to understand why uh, he uses that. But anyway, uh, let me give you a little bit of information about him. Because, let me tell you something, put on your seatbelts, because this one, this show, it the material that we're going to cover here, it's like, talk about a paradigm shift. Uh, first of all, he's a scientist and he investigates new methods of communicating with extraterrestrial intelligence. Uh, he's developed a new method of spectroscopy, uh, he, which where he discovered extraterrestrial messages in the visible light frequency of our star, the sun. Uh, in 2015, while creating uh, an experiment to communicate with ghosts, he discovered that not only ghosts were able to become visible, but other life forms that he concluded were not from Earth. With his discovery came many unexplained sightings of UFOs, and it seemed the UFOs were targeting him due to discovering the frequency they're using to communicate. Uh, since 1994, most SETI experiments search for radio signals but from ET, but now with new communication technology, there are other possible frequencies extraterrestrials could be using and these new technologies is what he is looking for in order to establish communication with extraterrestrial life. And um, even describing that, I think we're going to come up short <laughs> because anyway, I am so happy to have you on here tonight. And uh, what, um, first of all, you sounds like you were doing paranormal investigations. Is this how you came upon this discovery? Yeah. Hi, Marlene. Hi. How are you doing? I'm sorry. It's I'm, I'm, even when I was reading, that, I was going, "Wait a minute, boy! I hope these people are all sitting down when they hear about this." So, anyway, let's start at the beginning, which is what I was going to tell. I was going to ask you, how did you happen to uh, come across this? It sounds like you are a ghost hunter. Correct. And um, in the beginning, I used to uh, do a lot of ghost hunting. And um, what I I always had a passion for, for these non-physical entities and um, working in houses a lot. I, I feel these presence one on film. And um, eventually I had this idea that I could communicate with spirits. Okay tools i i i and, so uh, so what I was it you were trying to were you trying to because you know lately they've been they've come out with all these different types of equipment to do spirit communication is that what you were trying to do originally some type of uh method of communicating with uh entities of those that have passed on what happened was in 2009 mm -hmm. i was taking photographs making a rainbow the spectrum okay a refrigerator with light coming in through my window and okay. uh, I took some digital photo some very unexplained things appearing in the light but then I forgot about it until okay. 2015 and then in 2015 I remembered what I did in 2009 so I okay. said, let, let me just try this so you basically this went on the back burner for like six years yeah, well, it was pretty much because I forgot about it. My mom found a video camera of mine and some of wow. my old stuff, and she sent it 
video okay. camera. I remembered what I did then, so then I tried to duplicate the experiment. Okay, so mom, mom kind of like was the one that. Uh, sh what, what what is it that they say that shook the cobwebs off and brought it back so that you what took a second look at it and realized that there was something there. Yeah, and I tried to duplicate what I did then because it didn't look as detailed as I remembered it because I videotaped it on camera to document okay. what I seen then. So basically, I came up with this idea by accident because I had light coming in. I was just trying to make my own rainbow and then take photographs of the rainbow. Okay. And that's when I realized there was things inside the, the spectrum. And... Let me ask you because I'm I can imagine the first time that you saw this what did you think did you really understand or were you thinking okay I'm I'm seeing what's not really there I'm making up even though I've seen some of the pictures and I want I mean, we're going to show them later but what what was your first thoughts when you the first time that you actually took a good look like you said in 2015 after so many years in 2015 whenever I started the experiment two mm -hmm. weeks prior I told some close friends of mine that I was going to set up this experiment and I was going to communicate with ghosts, spirits from right. the other okay. side. Okay. And when I set up the experiment and I was able to do the first experiment, I experimented for over an hour, I reviewed the results and that's when I saw that image of the spirit. Wow. And that started the search. So now if he would not have shown up on that first day of testing. Okay. I think that I would have continued this experiment, but since he did show up. Okay, this is what what basically fueled you going forward with this. Correct. It was the very first photograph of the human soul. It has uh, eyes, nose, mouth, shoulders, and a white forehead. Is that the one that's part of the... The, the picture that you sent, the one next to your picture? Correct. That one, yeah. Well, I've got a bigger one there, and I'll show it in a minute. But, yeah, that's that's difficult to overlook that. <laughs> that is like, what? Uh, and and he, he actually started to form in a couple of photographs prior. So I was taking photographs as fast as I could take photographs of this light. And uh, you saw him start to form on the left. And then he moved to the right, and then he was perfectly formed on the third frame. But by the fourth frame, he just disappeared from sight. Wow. So at that point, you were thinking, okay, I've been able to contact somebody that's this ghost or the spirit of a person that's deceased. Is that where you were thinking at that point when you saw this picture? Correct. In the very beginning, I just assumed that this was only a method of communicating okay. with the afterlife, spirits, okay. ghosts. Right. But then after the discovery is when things picked up and got very interesting. And what do you mean by that? I mean, did you pick up or did things start happening around you? Like in other words, they realized that you had basically discovered a way of seeing things. Well, I'm certain that they were able to know instantly because as you can see in the, the picture of the spirit, he's looking directly into the camera. So they're yeah. acknowledging they're acknowledging being seen.
but the very first photograph and I didn't even know that it was there until I seen him and like weeks later I re-reviewed all of them but the very first photograph I took I caught him off guard so there oh. was there was like a tall man wearing a robe and uh, he had a pointy hat and in front of him was a man a bald man with a black jacket right down I'm, I'm, as a matter of fact man. I'm showing that right now showing that slide right now as you're talking about it you're, ex you're exactly right that it shows like a figure like one kneeling in front of the other one with a pointy it looks either a hat or a tall hood or something really weird very unusual but yeah and that was the very first photograph I ever took of the light so that was the very first photograph I took and that was in the first photograph of this experiment but then I had to move and relocate and then I started the same day within the same 20 minutes and that's when I captured the spirit dude so the very first photograph I caught him off guard they, they okay. must have been alerted instantly so as soon as I took that photograph they knew they're like okay now they can see us so then that's when they came in and started looking into the camera yeah because that other one the way the two figures and the one kneeling, it's like, okay, we're not only talking a close-up of a face. We're actually looking like if somebody pulled back and is showing you, it's like, in case you thought <laughs> that what you what you captured the first time, we're going to now show you. So now let me ask you, at this point, you're still thinking we're talking here ghosts, right? Humans, humans. Humans, I, right, I, humans, I like assume... human ghosts, like deceased, whatever. Okay, which was your original I... intent. Correct. So I know there's other pictures in there. When was it that you saw a picture that you said, wait a minute, whoa, there's nothing human about this? <laughs> because there's yeah, a couple so what there. Happened was, I, what happened was a, a few weeks after discovering this discovery, I got visited by a large UFO, <gasps> orange sphere. And uh, it came in from the south. It had black substance swirling are you kidding what, but and what over your house or how did this yes, happen it came from the south and it started moving towards me and the house and i and i'm outside i called for my my wife she came out and i'm pointing at it and i start to walk towards it and um as i walk towards it it moves it was coming from the south moving north then it started moving east slowly so then from there on out, I was getting visited weekly by UFOs, and I re-reviewed the evidence, and that is when I found the advanced reptiles. Let me ask you, how big are we talking about? What's that you saw? Was it? Are we what, what, the size of a car? Bigger? What are we talking? I mean, I know sometimes it's difficult depending on the distance to really gauge an actual size, but how big did it look to be? If you were to look at the moon, a full moon, okay. or the sun, mm -hmm. or the sun, it was the same size as that when you're looking at those objects in the sky. Okay, wow. Yeah, I, I see what you... Now, I'm going to ask his question. Did you ever... Did it ever cross your mind? Uh, they're coming for me, they're going to take me, they're going to abduct me? Uh, there was a time I was outside, and this is when I was getting frequent visitations which i have a photograph of that as well of a high altitude ufo um i was outside and a branch like like someone stepped on a branch okay and i i went running inside okay my wife was making fun of me because uh she said what are you scared but uh it's not that i was scared. no i don't blame you i don't blame you because at that point it's like wait a minute 
But the thought, I can't tell you the thought didn't cross through my mind. Uh-huh. I, I just made up my mind and got to the point, you know, whatever happens, happens. I just have to do what I got to do and understand this for what it is. Sure. But you know what? I don't blame you because to, I, I don't think there's any person who would not have thought that. And it, it hats off to you because you continue. There's a lot of people when I said, I'm stopping this right now. This is just a bit too much. But hats off to you that you continued with this. And I, it's only natural that you were thinking, I wonder if we're going to go to the next, which is Close Encounters of the Fourth Kind, where I'm either going to get abducted or they're going to come and visit me and it's not going to be via me taking images. It's it's only natural. Have you had any dreams? Have they have they come into your dreams at all? I, I Not that I know of. You know, I, I have some really vivid, interesting dreams. Okay. Uh, but I, I'd rather not get into those. Okay. But, um, I, I, not that I know of the extraterrestrials, but I have dreams of, like, the future. And, okay. Uh, I was once um, on Earth, but the sun was going around the Earth really fast. And, um, okay. And the water was rising up and going down, so we had to get underground. So you had four hours of no water, but then you had to get underground because then the water came over for another four hours. It was pretty, pretty insane. Okay. But those are all personal experiences. I would think right, right. And I know what you're saying. You know, is it is it my subconscious throwing stuff at me, fears or whatever, or is it them communicating with me? But sometimes, you know, the way we see things in dr- in dreams, symbols can sometimes it's difficult to decipher, especially when it yes it involves this. So okay, so here you go, and you're taking these pictures. And what, how was it that you set this up? You're telling me that you're doing it basically through the refraction of water? Correct. What it is, it's, it's almost like a, it's like a form of communication of photonics. Photonics. And so okay. Instead of, using, instead of using radio waves, radio signals that you would need an antenna or a radio dish, right. I, I developed a new type of receiver so I could receive visible light frequencies. And these visible light frequencies can carry almost 100 to 1,000 times more data than radio. Okay. So every form of light can carry information. You know, radio is a form of light, invisible yes. light. So what I designed was a method of extracting data out of visible light. Okay. Or pretty much protected. So it's just basically a black metal surface and you mm-hmm. take water and okay. and then a small container and you project the light through the water and, and then onto the metal and then you take digital photographs of the light on the metal. And let me ask you what made, I mean the light idea I think is, I can understand where you were going with this, like in, you were looking, what made you think of doing it v- through water, through like water refraction? Was it because you were trying to capture the light spectrum, the you know, what, how did you come up with that? Because that's, and I mean, there's a lot of theories going on as far as also what energy the water itself holds. Yeah, scientists discovered that water can actually hold memory. So water exactly. can retain memory. Exactly. But, but with me, you know, like I said before, this, this was by accident. I was just using water in okay. 2009 to make a rainbow. So I knew that I needed okay. the refraction process. I knew All that right. I needed to create the prism. 
It's right. almost like using a crystal or a prism. And yes. You don't, and I don't have the proper scientific tools, so I'm only using what I had available sure. for my experiment. But I imagine that with the proper scientific background, this, this same experiment could be replicated, but in a more mature way. And right. We, we could have possibly a live video feed with whatever is showing up and appearing and using this frequency to communicate, we may be able to tap into this frequency and communicate with them live via video and audio. Exactly. And when you saw, and I, and I, and I guess it's like, it makes you wonder, are you, because you, obviously you're capturing images that appear to be non-human, but then you have others that look human it makes you wonder are where are the you know is it that you're capturing something in a stream from different sources or is it all from the same source you know or and that you know of course maybe on us where we're at right now we just don't understand how it works but once you're there you that's how you communicate or how you can send images what do you think do you think it's all from the same source or do you think it's just that you just happen to like believe, tune in. Just like exactly what you said. That's a great way to put it. Tune in. I'm basically tuning in the visible light frequencies. So mm -hmm. even with the visible light range, you still have multiple different frequencies that okay. could, be, could be used. So there could be different frequencies that could be used by different channels and stuff. But as far as the humans, the non-humans and what's going on inside the photographs, I okay. do believe that they're all interconnected, so they oh, know okay. each other. Exactly, the, okay. The extraterrestrials and the human entities all know each other, and there's this one bald man. This bald man has showed up in like one, two, three, four of the photographs. He, all, he even goes around and brings other entities and, and points. He was pointing in one of the photographs. Wow. And, hey, see? You know, there he is. So there's one bald man that showed up in multiple photographs. And he, he just goes around. He was also the guy kneeled down in front of the tall man with the robe. So Let me tell you something. When I look at that picture of those, that kneeling, they almost, I want to say they almost look like monks. It you looked know? like a ritual. It looked like right, a ritual. right, yeah. If you notice, he has a brown bowl in his hand. And then the, 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 the tall man with the robe is washing something. And if I had someone analyze a photograph for me and send it back, and we noticed that there was red dripping from his hands. It was pretty strange. I'll say. I got to look at that again <laughs> in a minute. Because <laughs> I just, I, you know, and of course, you, you know, you, you've had a lot of opportunity. You know, when at first glance, all you're seeing is like what's clearly a figure standing and another one kneeling in front of it. And they have, it looks like some type of hood or cowl or, like you said, a hat that's pointy what so you've been doing this then for what three years then approximately correct i started in april of 2015 and um i ran the experiment until the end of 2016 mm -hmm. and uh 2017 i had to take a year off of the experiment but the experiment is back online now okay so all the photographs um, that I collected, because I, I had over 40 detailed photographs of, from 2015 to the end of 2016. Okay, now let me ask you, in that year that you took off, 
do you feel that they tried to make any contact with you to pull you back in to continue with the experiments? Or was it... Well, I have been very busy, but um, there's signs that I see okay. all the time. But also, too, I the visitation slowed down, mm -hmm. but um, there is still on occasion a visitation. So they must know I've been busy, I would hope. Right, right. And, you know, I'm sure like everything, you know, you, you got to tailor it to the recipient uh, as far as, okay, let's not overwhelm him. We don't want to like have him like, totally shut down and say that that's it um and I, you know what comes to mind and i'm sure this i don't i'm not sure but i'm pretty sure it might even predate and but i'm sure you've seen the movie where you know uh the close encounters movie the steven spielberg that the only way that they could come up at that point to do some type of rudimentary communication with the extraterrestrials was with music music tones and this was like you could tell, like, the humans were like, well, can we figure it out with music, musical notes? And the extraterrestrials were like, oh, okay, we'll go with that because if not, we can't communicate. Do you yeah. think that this is a form for them to communicate with us? Because let's face it, nothing is more impactful than a visual to Correct. get a message across. You're, that's 100%. And, you know, leading SETI Institute astronomer, Seth Shostak, has even predicted that if, if extraterrestrials were to contact us, that they would keep it simple. They would in, encode their message that is so easy for us to pick up, and they would try to send us pictures because we can relate to photographs. Sure. All right. It's. I mean, there's no need for um, language or yeah, – I mean, as far as knowing language or – translation and just as long as well, they give it to us in small doses i guess and you, you know what's unique about this is it's not that they're just they have sent other other photographs like the um alien being riding the light being riding on a beam of light and he was looking through the rear end of galileo's spyglass which is the very first telescope ever invented by galileo okay and what it seemed to me to be was a message. So the light being is riding on a beam of light and he's looking through the rear end of the telescope, basically saying, you know, you can see us and now we can see you. But in, in what I'm doing is the exact opposite. Instead of looking out with a telescope, right. I'm, taking in, I'm taking in the incoming light and I'm processing that light and taking a photograph of that light processed with water. So I'm not looking out. I'm actually looking in to the light. Let me ask you. I'm sh you sent over some pictures of what looks to be like either sigils or uh, some type of writing, and and then you also show that it appeared on what on your radio uh, dash. Yes, correct. Uh, that was the unknown language that appeared on my radio display at 3:33 p.m. Oh. And what was strange wow. is I, I was at a job, doing a job, um, a residential job, and the woman who owned the house said her son was born at 3.33 and that an angel or spirit supposedly is always with him and guiding him is what she was told or protecting her son. And it's just strange that, you know, her son was born at 3. Yeah, that's like... I would have been like, what? Spirit protecting her. 
And then I get into my car, and my car starts, the radio starts freaking out. And at this time, I had a lot of things going on. So I had my camera, and I just started video recording. And, and it started displaying these unknown letters on my display. So when I slowed it down, I wrote the letters out. And the, the, the letters, the very first letter was like a leaf. Right. It was in the form of a leaf. And then the three letters after that looked numerical, like numbers, but foreign numbers and then the very last letter looks like a horse like a hieroglyphic of a mm -hmm, horse mm -hmm. so it was like a symbol and the closest language i could find to that language okay was was the emerald tablet which was written by thoth really okay yeah he was the ancient scribe of egypt or the scribe god the ibis-headed god um hmm that's and yeah, I mean, there's there, he was responsible for a lot of different, also magical uh, knowledge, etc. That's that's really interesting. I can't imagine and when that lady told you that you must have been thinking, what is going on? That was the following day. So what I assumed was maybe that her spirit, because I was in the house talking to my to my coworker about this discovery. So what I was thinking. I think it had something to do with it. Maybe she was able to just get the message to me through them. Because maybe she's on the inside with the other side. There's, there's no telling. Let me tell you something. That's, that's, I mean, that's really unusual. Uh... What made it even more unusual is because I have that radio display video on my YouTube channel. The right. Song that, the song that was playing because it got flagged, but then they said it's okay for me to use it was. Uh, by Beach House, and it was called Space Song. Are you kidding? I'm not kidding. Wow! Space Song by Beach House. Wow. That is incredible. That was the first year. A lot of unexplained things. So now, if you were to take it from here, so now we have the photographs. We have right. the spirits. We have exactly. the reptile entities. We have all these unexplained spirits. We have all these unexplained photographs we have all these all the personal experiences with the ufos visiting me and then the radio frequency all happening all together mm -hmm. you take everything and put it and combine it there's something going on here oh shh i'll say i'll and, say and the photographs alone for me the spirit dude but if you'd like we could discuss the gold reflective eyes Yes, I was looking at that right now, as a matter of fact, because that is intense. That's, so, <laughs> that's intense very, right there. So, like I said, the guy with the pointy hat was the very first photograph I ever took, but I never saw it. And then the human spirit was a very, the human soul was the first image that I was able to see, so I continued the experiment. But now... Weeks later, almost a month went by, and I decided, let me go back and look at all the photographs again, because now I'm being able to pick up and see the... I can look through all the original photographs, and after the very first photograph of the guy with the pointy hat, right. the man kneeled down in front of him, I discovered about 10 or 12 photographs after that one. Before the human soul came on, I picked up one of the first reptiles, with the gold reflective eyes. So now these yeah. reptiles, he has a large brown head and he has two nostril holes and then he has an upside down mouth and his eyes are large like an alien but they have gold, re like a reflective right. material. Right, yes. And, 
and it's very strange. I didn't... Yes, and, and, and as a matter of fact, I'm showing a picture of it right now where, yeah, is exactly what you're describing. It's the, the large, real large, but that gold reflective on them. And, uh, now and you've got two... that one where you even got a trio of them, three of them. Yes. There, now, the two gold reflective eyes, the first one was in 2015. Now, the second gold reflective eye, which is compared to the Nazca mummy, mm -hmm. which which I'm not sure if they were able to authenticate yet, but it looks very similar and was even in the same pose because I had them compared side by side. But he had the gold reflective eye as well. That was in 2016. So the first gold reflective eye brown reptile looking was in 2015 but then a year later i was able to capture the exact same species in more detail but he was also looking to the left instead of looking straight so i caught him like on the left side let me ask you have you ever had anybody that's seen the pictures was that like you said you have them on your website and everything that's ever said i've seen that before you know especially somebody that's had uh close encounters with extraterrestrials I mean, I'm, t I'm I, everybody's very familiar with the grays. I'm going to, you know, but has anybody ever said, I've seen that before? I've, I, I, because that's, that I would remember. I think that if anybody had ever come across that, they would absolutely, how can you forget? Yeah. Well, you know, a couple of people have, and what we just, I've researched it and they look similar to the mantids. Yes. Very I've heard of the mantids. Yes. So someone said that they do look similar to the mantids, but as far as I know, you know, I'd like to keep it simple. Mm -hmm. you know, I, I discovered humans and I discovered advanced reptiles. So they're pretty much two classifications. You okay. have humans, you have reptiles, and then you have the light entities. Now with the three that are standing with the arrows pointing. Yes. Now on the far left, there's an actual, it looks like a gray. He has like two large eyes and a huge head, skinny neck, and he's like pointing into the camera. Yes, I see middle, that. I see that. I see that. In the, in the middle, there is a tall man or woman, and it's wearing like a robe with this necklace going around. Mm -hmm. And then on the far right, there's the bald man with the suit. The bald man's in a lot of the photographs. But you have three entities right there just looking into the, looking in like, hey, you see us, we see you. So, wow, that's like, I mean, talk about your, your mind going whoosh, <laughs> when you see this, because I guess we become very, our focus becomes very narrow as far as what we think of as being able to communicate with, let's say, extraterrestrials. Okay, like you said, SETI and all these places, they've got all these radio waves or, you know, when they've sent stuff out into the galaxies or, you know, they're, I think to myself, man, are we really off totally because we just didn't understand, you know, we didn't open up far enough as to the possibility of how we can communicate with something that originates in either another galaxy or another universe or, for all we know, another dimension. There's no telling where they are at. But the good news is we know that they're there and we know that they're trying to communicate with us. And instead of trying to search for their messages, you know, scientists have been searching millions of stars in our, yeah. in our universe, right? These, mm -hmm. these scientists that are doing these extraterrestrial 
searches, the SETI searches, are only searching stars all around our universe. But the one thing that they, I, I, I think they overlooked, you know, they, they, they haven't checked our star. You know, they're, okay. they're, they're searching. Um, 2016, scientists discovered 234 um, spectral, un, unknown, like, spectral stars. So they found that these stars periodically had these strange pulses coming out of them. All okay. the stars they discovered were, were like our sun. They looked like our sun. So scientists can search for messages in stars, but they don't check our stars. So I believe I'm the only scientist using our sun to search for extraterrestrial messages. Do you think that they've done it and they just haven't publicized it? Or what do you think? That they've totally dropped the ball on as far as approaching it from this angle? You know, I honestly don't know. I, I try to research and, and find information like um, on Google. If you were to Google information on in sunlight or sunlight to use to, right. to transfer data, it's non-existent. So either it's protected, the frequency is protected. Right. They're not allowed. Scientists may not be allowed to search that frequency of sure. our star. Or, you know, honestly, I have no clue. Be uh, I mean... The only, because I'm thinking right off the top of my head, and I think you've probably, it sounds like you, um, you know, when where the Japanese scientist, he tested with the water, as far as, like you said, holding um, sentiments. In other words, that humans can affect it, uh, with e depending on what you are putting out. But that's about the only thing I can think of right off that comes close to having to do with that. Right. Well, the water can retain memory, so your consciousness can affect that. But I, I believe that these images are able to appear due to quantum entanglement, quantum teleportation, and also could be a form of uh, neutrino. Neutrinos mm -hmm. are the ghost-like particles of dark matter. So the, this could be an exotic form of communication, which is invisible and is still undetected at this time. You, sound, you said something really interesting you said at some point they actually started looking like, you know, when somebody poses for a camera, like, okay, look at the camera. So it sounds like there, there's awareness there that you're there, that you're capturing their images. Right. So with, with visible light communication, it's called quantum entanglement. Anytime that say you are sending a message, it, you would know instantly when that message was received because you would be alerted. You, oh. as, soon as, as soon as someone were to observe your message, the message is, is gone. It, it disappears. But it alerts the sender, whoever is sending the message, that, hey, you know, right here, it gives them all the information. So they knew instantly. So they were sent like a notification saying, hey, you know, they can see us now. Okay, so in other words, there, you could not do, there was no such thing as a stealth approach with this. Wow. Yeah, there's once you once you observe them, and that's the thing. You know, I was able to observe them, and this is how I know they're friendly because even though they knew I could see them, instead of changing their frequency, which which is what they could have done, instead right. they came, they came and looked in, like they were curious, just as I am curious as well as about them. So they were curious as well. So they they want to communicate. Okay. 
Yeah, in other words, it didn't all of a sudden, like, there was nothing there. You were able to, in other words, keep going with it. Correct, and they continue to appear for me, but it doesn't happen all the time. You know, I run this experiment. I try to run it weekly, right. at least three times a week for an hour. And, you know, I once went in 2015, I went almost four months without a single photograph. But I, I kept going because of the spirit in the very beginning. So I just kept running the experiment and eventually they came back. So there's certain times the signal is more clear and there's mm -hmm. certain times the signal is weak. I was going to ask you, considering like you said that you've tried, are there certain circumstances or conditions that enable it more than other times or that... Did you, have anytime, you noticed any common denominator? Anytime the signal, anytime the signal is strong, even if there's like a little bit of clouds and you still got the sun coming through, as long uh -huh. as you're, you have access to light and the signal is available, they'll appear. But if the signal is not available, there is nothing. So it's only when the signal is there. And the signal could be connected to multiple things. It could be connected to magnetic field portals, which okay. NASA considers X points. X points are when these magnetic field portals open up and they connect our atmosphere with the sun's atmosphere. Okay. Yeah, Maybe exactly. Maybe a way to channel more energy, more cosmic rays in and out of the Earth's atmosphere. So that may be. And then also, too, I'm using the sun. So if I was in another galaxy and I needed to contact Earth, the, I'm not going to be able to see Earth because it's so small. But what I could see is the star. Right. So what I would do if I was in another galaxy, I would embed my message into that star so that when that star sends out its light, then anyone who has access to the light could access my message so we could communicate intergalactically, basically sure. like a, a universal Internet. Exactly. And, and, and it, especially with those humanoid or those human type of figures, it makes you wonder, are we talking humans? Are we talking... I mean, you know, did, do, do we have, you know how sometimes there's that theory that uh, humans here, we were seeded from other humans that, that, in other words, we look exactly alike in the sense of how we look like, but that we were seeded here because those are plainly human. You can tell they're human figures versus the other ones. So it makes you wonder, uh, are they, you know, like you said Part of it, is, and I know there's a lot of people that already think that we're being checked on, uh, or at the very least monitored, if not outright experimented with. And I know that there's a whole host of different um, descriptions of ETs out there, but it makes, I guess, I'm like every, especially after that uh, announcement that they made in December that the government kind of actually admitted that they had spent money on trying to verify all these sightings of UFOs that they had seen. Uh, are we did. are we getting there? Are we going to have that moment that where we're looking at disclosure, real disclosure, not lukewarm disclosure? Yeah, the science or the Department of Defense did admit that it was an unknown technology that we do not have on earth it moved too fast so if any yeah. living thing was inside of it as it was moving it would have been pulled into pieces and so okay. whatever it was was not made by man but right. we know that we're being visited and like you're saying now 
with finding the humans, finding the reptiles, there's another photograph which I was able to capture, which was very strange for me. But on the very far left of the photograph, there's an actual halo. And I've never seen a halo in any photograph, but it seems the same bald man is looking to his right. And there's this gold ring around his head, and you can actually see it go around the head. Yeah, let me... um. Let me see. I'm going through the the picture now. And by the way, I see what you mean as far as that guy holding the bowl on the one kneeling. I know because now that I'm looking, I see what you mean. Hold on. Let me see. Hold on. It's it's number eight, the halo, and uh, it was a perfect halo that formed. And in the middle, you would see two unknown entities: one white, one brown. It looks like some type of ancient extraterrestrial life form or an ancient form of life the the white one with the blue face looks female and the one on the right looks male so it looks yes like i see that i see it i'm looking but on at the far it, yeah. left there is a bald man with a halo and you know a halo is biblical that's connected to religion yes so i believe that you know the spirits so now we got spirits now we have aliens and now we have religion it's like everything is all connected it's intertwined which a lot of people have you know because basically i mean the halo was always used especially you know in all these um especially the paintings and everything to signify divinity you know if you were holy that's why if you know you had to be a saint or an angel or you know, Judeo-Christian thought you had the halo or, you know, the that light around you. And it makes you wonder what they were interpreting from as far as why they used that concept to indicate well, that somebody was divine. They must have, you know, ancient technology. We could go back to, I believe it was the 14 or 1500s. There was a man named John D. Yes. I believe it was John D. And, um... He was able to use a similar concept with a crystal, and uh, he right. was able to see these spirits and communicate with them, but he wasn't able to photograph them. So, right, because he was what they uh, he he believed like also in the like in the transformation of substances, and yeah, he was uh he was out there. He he was like he, talk about a Renaissance man. Yeah, he was into the alchemy and stuff. But what I was found fascinating was his experiments that he did using a similar concept really and, uh in the same as notre damas as well notre damas used a similar concept with the black bowl and a little bit of water and light and they were able to see things so i i can't really connect the dots to that and i would like to just continue to go wherever this goes but as far as having that halo up here, that was just shocking as well. Yes. It goes along with all the other photographs. I know. And it, and it, and so at, and it sounds like you've got to, you know, beyond your initial, like, kind of like what, now that you've been doing it for a few years and you're capturing all these different pictures, especially things that don't look human, what do you get the feeling is the next step for this and I know like you said I understand totally what you're saying you're very limited sometimes because you can only use what you've got on hand you don't have the benefit of you know millions or thousands of dollars for equipment but at the same time something's going on because like you said they're aware that you 
are photographing them or capturing the image and they're still there. What do you think is the next step? Is this a preparation for disclosure? Is this a way of kind of saying, hey guys, this is how you communicate with us? What do you think? Well, I'm, I'm certain that it is a form of communication with these other realms or extraterrestrials. And my goal is to continue to gather more evidence with the same exact equipment that I'm using. Okay. So as long as I can continue to gather evidence, I must continue to gather evidence so that scientists can can hopefully publicly speak on my behalf. As sure. far as now, though, with most major discoveries, in the very beginning, you get ridicule. You know, yeah. I was ridic I was ridiculed for years, and I'm still being ridiculed by scientists. But um, then they're going to have to oppose it for a while and, and say, well, it's this or it's that. You know, I've talked to scientists. They told me their thoughts on this, and guess what? Their thoughts don't add up. You know, so with every discovery, you you sometimes have to have be open to to sure. understanding yes. what is in. Yes, I agree with that. Now, along with the beings, there are these spheres that appear in the light, these metallic-looking balls. And there was a big story about the SpaceX uh, rocket that blew up. There was this sphere that flew by it, really? and, um, and it blew up the rocket. So these I had not heard that. These wow. spheres that I have that appear... They appear like metallic, and one of them is attached to a cigar-shaped ship with pyramid markings. So it's almost as if the pyramid is, for us, Earth. That's like our symbol for the, mm -hmm. the galactic universe. And then to the right of the cigar-shaped craft with the spear attached to it, there's this massive round other spaceship, and it has its own insignia on it. So I believe that they could be two spaceships and that these spaceships may belong to earth okay um do you th and, and i'm thinking you know because when you're talking about you know the the next i mean even though they're saying now that we're going to go back to the moon um but you know all these private billionaires not the government what they got their eye on is mars you know, and of course, you know, they're putting up satellites, but I know that what they're all looking for as far as money is to shoot people out into space and take a tour and eventually colonize Mars at some point. And it makes you wonder how, you know, are they watching us and saying, okay, now they're ready for the face-to-face -face or, or are they going to stand back and just see what we do? Yeah, I understand. Where you, now I understand. So what it is is are we... Are we ready to join our neighbors in the universe? You know, yeah. I imagine there's thousands and thousands, maybe even millions of different species and intelligent life in our universe. Yes. And what it is, is we are not part. So we are kept silent. We're in the dark. We're sure. like in the Stone Age. We're like cavemen compared to them. We're not. Right. We haven't reached that level of, of technology. Yeah. I mean, the only place we've been able to go is a satellite. You know, orbiting our Earth, which is the moon, which is really, for all intents and purposes, still part of the Earth, even though it's a separate body. But, uh, and, you know, yeah, we've sent out all these uh, exploratory, you know, um, you know, pods and all these things to send back messages. But once we start going beyond the moon, and even though we do have that space station, but I think that once we're looking at going to Mars, 
and eventually maybe colonizing Mars or depending, I guess, on a lot of different things. It's like, what's going to come with that? Are, are, are we finally going to be led in to the, to maybe this, this group of, because that's, a, that's another thing. A lot of people think that there's just a lot of different ETs out there. Uh, that we're going to be let in on the, instead of being observed, we're going to be actually part of it, I guess. I believe the first step to that is communicating. So we yeah, must course. communicate with them. Yes. We, they can't just come down and land on Earth because they're probably oh, going to no. get blown up or shot. And if the government is already communicating with them, I wouldn't even doubt it. But the main thing is we, the public, must know that there is this form of visible light frequencies that we can use to tap in to this knowledge and, and actually contact and communicate with them. So once we have this in, in the public, once the public is understands and knows, then the good possibility that once scientists step in and take over, then there's a good possibility that we will be in contact with these beings video, video feed. Well, let me tell you something. One of the things I think about, because I'm at this point, I'm always thinking, okay, you know, especially after they kind of did that disclosure in December about that they admitted that they had a program that was being funded. I'm thinking to myself, okay, you've acclimated the population. Yeah, there's going to be a few people that are going to kind of lose it, but we've kind of all come to that idea that we're not alone in the universe. Okay, as scary as that is. And sometimes I think that that maybe they hold back because despite what we think that they know, maybe they don't know as much as we think they do. And we, and if they ever came out and said or confirmed, yes, these are extraterrestrials. No, this is not of this earth. Whatever they want to give up. Next question that comes from us is, well, what do you know? I think they would panic people for to realize that they really don't know as much as we think. Like you said, communication. How do we communicate? Which would kind of put us very much on the lower end of that relationship. Where they might have been observing us for hundreds if not thousands of years. And we know little or nothing about them. Yeah, and you know the thing is, there's a good possibility that what I discovered, this the way I discovered it, there is there is a small possibility that this has never been seen or discovered before. So there is a possibility that the government is not in contact with these extraterrestrials. Right. Now that they know the frequency, they may be able to replicate, but there's no saying if the extraterrestrials would even communicate with them. They may yeah. be able to pick and choose who they communicate with and what you're saying what do you know once everyone knows you know what i have found by finding the human spirit is that our soul is extraterrestrial so there's a good possibility whatever i'm communicating with could be where our soul goes to after it leaves earth could be you know something that that doesn't necessitate a carbon-based body to be housed in because we're not on this earth anymore. I mean, yeah. And then what it is, light is information. So the soul could just be like a vehicle transporting your consciousness, your thoughts, all your memories. And it could transfer that information instantly via quantum teleportation and entanglement to anywhere in the universe instantly. Yeah. Right. And then 
there's a good possibility that we could be physical somewhere else. So we could just move from one physical body to the next or to where we came from. Talk about sit there. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. If, and I understand what you're saying. Once you don't have a physical body to, you know, like, you know how, I'm going to use Star Trek, you know how basically they materialize and dematerialize you in the same spot. But, you know, I guess they had it perfected so that every little molecule came right back to where it was supposed to. What if you didn't have to worry about that? Teleportation. Right. Your consciousness, your self-awareness was really all you needed. And of course, that could be transported on the light spectrum. And Which brings us to this. Right. It and brings us to this. Are we here to be tested? Did we did we choose to come here? Did we are we physical somewhere else? Did we sign up to transfer our consciousness to Earth, run this wow. experiment and then go back? Yeah. We forget we forgot everything as soon as we transferred to Earth. So once we transferred in, we forget everything that we knew. But once we leave our bodies, we retain not only the knowledge that we just gained, but we remember who we were before. Right. And and a lot of people, yeah, and, and once we're here, it wouldn't serve no purpose. Like it would get in the way if we would actually be able to be aware or remember those, what you just described. It would get in the way. It would because maybe, you know, we could be being tested. Yeah. It could be just a way to experience free will. Maybe where we're at, we're all like superheroes. So we have all this power and we could go from here to here to here to here. So maybe. Well be a way of humbling this it was almost like back to reality before we go back right and uh i'm gonna use another analogy of another (laughs) sci-fi you know that that um i I mean i know that it the story was originally from uh philip k dick but the the one that arnold did with with total recall where basically for him to believe it he had they had to erase his memory of who he was and in essence he changed because of the in other words it's like, okay, you want to go down to the earth plane? Well, to really get there and get it or do it and be in, in that type of body and that you got to like, you can't remember all of this because it's got to be a level playing field for everybody down there. And that's the only way you can participate. And then, like you said, once we shed our bodies, then we're able to basically pick up where we left off as far as memories and wow. this discovery has actually brought me closer to god i know? bet and especially you know knowing that there's a soul and a spirit and knowing that it can exist or it could be you know that spirit this the soul you know i compared it to my actual face and it's very similar so for all i know it could be my consciousness outside of my body I have no evidence of that. All I know is it's it's unknown at this time. But there's many different scenarios or many different things that it could be. But the problem oh, no. is we need to figure out what it is. Oh no, we could extrapolate this in so many directions. It's like it would take forever. I mean, this is literally and figuratively the tip of the iceberg. I mean, in what direction I this could go it's in? Just the beginning. It's just the beginning, and you know, once I have other people around the world doing this. I have, I had a, a, a good friend of mine, Alex, in New York. He captured during the last solar eclipse. He was able to capture some form of an entity 
using the sunlight. Really? He was able to, it looked like a woman holding, you know, some type of something in her hand. And I had one guy from Saudi Arabia, well, not Saudi Arabia, outside Saudi Arabia. I can't give his location. He captured and sent me one of his photographs, and it looked like one of the gold reflective eyes, one of the gold reflective eye entities wow. in one of his photographs. And then had a guy in Manchester, England, who sent a photograph, which it was a very strange photograph. And then I had a guy in Texas send another photograph. So now what I do is whenever I receive photographs of people taking these type of images with the same material and methods, I review them, and if they're good, I add them to my global album. So I have a global bent light album that mm-hmm. I keep on my Facebook so others can share their photographs as well. Okay, now, let's go down the rabbit hole here. Ready? Here we go. This was even before I knew that we were going to have this interview. About three, I want to say three weeks ago, I was in South Carolina, and I was doing some filming. Okay. And it took me like, I was in this these uh, ruins, these these ruins that they have out in South Carolina, and you know the this ruined church, and you know and they have the the gravestones out in the outside the perimeter of the ground. So they have this very long uh, memorial plaque for this guy that died in the 1700s, and I was filming it, reading it because the guy was an important guy. Well, I didn't get around to looking at it like till maybe three days. Now when I was out there. It started to rain, just sprinkling. And I was like, God, I got to get out here. And I've got to film this. So I went out there and I filmed because it was just sprinkling really lightly. But on the gravestone, which is polished, by the way, even though it was older, I don't know, probably maybe they they redid it. It's got the water droplets. And I filmed it. I didn't look at it till like, I want to say maybe four or five days ago that I was reviewing the actual footage. And I put it up on my website. If you have a chance, go by and look at it. And you're going to see there's, I saw three faces. Two are really, really clear. Okay. And now that we're talking about this, I'm telling you, I'm glad I'm sitting down. Because for all I have been involved with paranormal investigations since the 1990s for a really long time, I have really high standards when it comes to seeing things, you know, that people say, I see this, and it's like, God, it could be anything. When I was actually looking at this and reviewing this video, I stopped and I said, okay, Marlene. I got up, I got a glass of water, and I came back. I was like, that's a face. That's a face. What? You have a chance. I would love for you to go by my website and look at it. I posted it up. It's like I put the little clip of the video and I put the actual picture with the arrows, the actual, and when you said that thing about water, it was like, wait a minute, it was raining. And because that grave, that memorial was flat, it wasn't one that's standing up, it was flat. Now I'm thinking, oh man, this is like, (laughs) that's incredible. And you know, the main thing that we need to realize is that this if this is a, a form of communication with yeah. the physical realm, these entities are appearing like almost in full detail. Yes. So they're, they're able for the first time have a platform to speak. You know, I don't speak on behalf of these beings because I can't talk to them. So the only thing I can do is speak not 
in their behalf, but to show them so other people can see them. And then hopefully when we have scientists take this seriously, we may be able to get this platform established where we can actually communicate with them, you know, all the time. And there's a good possibility that this technology will result in us being able to communicate with our loved ones after they passed on. Could you imagine being able to speak with people who were already on Earth? There's a few people I would like to talk to. Sure. But let me tell you something. That I could see as desire. I mean, that, that, that right in and of itself when we're talking here. Uh, because to me, it sounds almost like we're talking about communicating with another dimension. Apart from extraterrestrials and things like that. Um, and I mean, I've been exposed to other, um, other thoughts as, as far as people that have done where a lot of them find that some ETs, and these are theories, I've, some ETs don't, are non-corporeal. In other words, they're not, they don't have to be solid like, let's say, us, all right? And um, that a lot of the, you know how you have people that have said, oh, well, I got something implanted in me, as in metal. That there's theories, uh, as a matter of fact, one of them, he was a doctor, Dr. William Baldwin, where basically the implant was an actual extraterrestrial that was put basically in your org body to either gather information or to check us out. And I mean, that that's, that's, that's a whole nother show. <laughs> but this goes right into that thought, that school of thought, that things don't have to be like, like the table, like hard for it to exist. Right. Well, just, just we alone, our soul is non-physical. So I don't really refer to myself as a physical being. I'm physical here on earth. Right. When I leave earth, I'm going to be non-physical. Whether or not I return to another physical body, I know for, briefly I'm going to be non-physical. Right. So not everything has to. Well, and I, I think part of it is that we're so used to defining everything as what we can capture with our senses of, of our bodies. In other words, um, that it's difficult sometimes for us to think of things being parallel or existing right next to us or alongside with us that we just don't see or don't sense or nothing because we were not engineered no we're not that we're, we're not. not engineered to see that for some reason they put some blinders on us mm -hmm. like, yeah yeah it's all part of the test let me tell you something i am so fascinated by this uh and i really really hope that uh you continue with this and see where it goes i mean are they going to show you more things are they going to become more detailed uh are we going to have a uh an encounter of the fourth kind which is maybe at some point they think you're ready to see something firsthand instead of via you know how would they introduce that into your world when i mean your your world your 
your reality. If that is the case, I promise you my camera will, will be right. Yes. <laughs> I, I take thing, it that that camera goes everywhere do. with you, right? You got to follow the evidence. Yes. You know, uh, that's what I've been doing from, from the very beginning. And, and I have a feeling once more and more people understand this visible light frequency and this new type of technology. Well how to do it the instructions are on my page the instructions have been public there are also right now currently another SETI SETI Institute is using my exact methods so uh, they have the laser SETI project which is going to be using a similar method of bent light where it has transmission graded glass prism on the mm -hmm. top it, it bends it takes the light in at night it takes in the visible light and it splits it up into a prism and then projects that light into a digital camera yeah so now scientists at the SETI Institute, instead of using radio waves, they're actually using the bent light method. So right, because basically what you're that... saying is you used wa uh, bottles full of water. They're going to be using a laser. They're going to they're, – no, what they're using is transmission-graded glass. It's almost like a prism. So instead of needing the water, okay. they, they can actually use a scientific instrument like a prism to, to bend the light. So instead of using – I use the water, but they're using a glass prism. So maybe the water is key. He took to the words water. right out of my mouth. I said, what if everything is the water? You know, you use that other method, very high tech, and there's nothing. It's the water. What? You know, well, scientists, and this is what frustrates them, in a SETI Institute, they're not very happy with me because they've been spending hundreds of millions of dollars looking <laughs> and searching for radio waves when I come along and use a bottled water and a webcam and I'm able to capture and communicate in contact with extraterrestrial life for a dollar. Well, it wouldn't be the first time that experts, in quotation marks, <laughs> refuse to accept that somebody that's not an expert actually comes up with stuff. I mean, as a matter of fact, in the world of archaeology, some very famous discoveries have been made by non-archaeologists uh, and the the the, the academics they like what they get all like they get upset because yeah. somebody that didn't have the training got it so it wouldn't be the first time in, in the field of science that something was overlooked yeah of course something was overlooked and it was so simple it was right in front of their eyes so the yeah. problem is scientists i know why they overlooked it because they always tried to make things more complicated and look smaller microscopic uh they would look at the microscopic level they would look at the uh, subatomic level at the atoms the molecular level but instead they bypass and forgot hey why don't we zoom out and look at this macroscopic level of the naked eye of quantum physics and when you're able to analyze and process this visible light with the prism instead of looking too far in you just got to zoom out a little and find that one focal point to where the frequency like you said before is tuning in so now we tuned in the frequency we backed up right. and now we're able to to communicate with another civilization it was that easy but it was overlooked because also too they don't use sunlight all right it's like you know, oh, it's so simple, and it, it actually works. Like you said, you made a good point. It's like, no, it's got to be complicated, very complex, you know. Only the best minds, you know, the, the experts, those are the Don't get me wrong. I have nothing against academics. I, I don't have anything against higher learning or people that... I have a problem, though, when they think that these are the only ones that can discover 
or come upon things. That's well, where I have a problem. The man who invented the microscope, one of the originals, I don't believe he got credit. I can't quote his name right now, but I can tell you that he used to make drapes and curtains. <laughs> there you go. And across the street from his curtain shop, which his dad you know, set up for him, he there was a little general store, and they had this toy. And it was like a couple of lenses and stuff. So he bought this little child's toy, and he went home and started fiddling with it. And he was able to create one of the first early models of the microscope just by experimenting with something that – you know, existed but wasn't used for that purpose right and that's why i'm saying that not everything has to be you know the 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 the, the best trained the most knowledgeable the whatever it's not them always going to be like you said sometimes they get in their own way because they only go by established ideas and it's like if it doesn't meet this criteria then it's off the table and, and you know what's funny is that whenever I see these scientists and uh, you always see the sunlight in the background and sometimes they're drinking a bottled water, like if they only knew, if you put one yeah. plus two together, you get three. Well, Sunlight, water, metal, communication. Yes. Yeah. It could be like we're all looking in the wrong direction. So thank you so much for spending this time to me. This is... <laughs> My, my brain's going darn, 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 darn. saturation point marlene what okay there's so much here to think about it's incredible uh but it's all good i think it's fascinating i think it's fascinating because honestly um i know it's scary i think human beings we kind of get a little bit scared of the unknown especially like when we realize man there's a lot we don't know but i think that this is how we make advancements when we go beyond the the safe zone and this is definitely not the safe zone by this i don't mean it's unsafe but the, the talk about stepping off the the beaten path and especially all the theories that are out there as far as uh, ufos and ets and maybe parallel dimensions or parallel universes and other dimensions i mean god <laughs> Let me ask you, if uh, what, what is your website in case somebody wanted to visit there and they wanted to be able to see all the pictures that you, uh, you've got put on the website? Yeah, the website you can find at bentlights, plural, bentlights.com. Okay. And so because I know I, I saw that you have a lot more pictures. You have several pictures there, right? Yeah, that's all the re- that's all the detailed evidence from 2015 and 2016. There's actually a 2016 album on my Bent Light oh, okay. Facebook. You can find me on Bent Light Facebook. On okay. Facebook, you look for Albert Einstein and Bent Light. Okay. Albert Einstein is a profile image. So there's a there's different albums on there. You have the global album and you have uh, the 2016 album, and um, there's going to be a new album for 27 2018. So I'm go the the uh, the experiment is online. I actually ran tests today. I haven't had time to review the photographs yet, but I'm going to be okay. running the experiment all year. So by the end of the year, I'm hoping to have around 50 detailed photographs. Perfect. Perfect. Are you doing are you doing any uh are, do you have any type of controlled setting that you're doing them under? Now I am. Before it was a little less controlled, but now I'm actually having more control. So now I'm going to be doing it a little differently than the very beginning. It's going mm-hmm. to be under a more controlled setting. So I'm doing it instead of outside. I'm indoors now. Okay. And uh, I have it running through 
glass, the light coming in from outside. And uh, I pretty much had the whole surrounding area, which is all going to be one material, black. So then there's nothing to get interfere with the... Uh, the uh, re with the evidence or right exactly you're going to control the, the 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 lights as far as I, I understand exactly what you mean and you know what that's that's the way it always works at the beginning when you come across things things but then you start you know you start funneling or like bringing in all those outside things that could take away or <clears throat> that could affect it such so as say like you said if i'm going to do this for a whole year and the conditions are always the same or as same as i can make them let's see what happens Wow. Yeah, this year it's definitely uh, a new a new place, um, a new setup, uh, more control. But I, what I'm looking forward to seeing is the same results. What I'm going to do is achieve the exact same results that I achieved from the very beginning. And I can tell you this: that there's only one photograph that got me into this and kept me into this. That one photograph alone. If it's not for all the other photographs. If, it, if that was the only photograph I ever achieved and got, I would still be doing this because that photograph is so detailed. It cannot be anything than what it is, which right. is a human soul, a spirit, or consciousness. One of the most detailed photographs I have ever personally seen in the paranormal realm of an actual spirit. So that alone keeps me going and it keeps me motivated. But I'm looking forward to uh, evidence and I really enjoy talking with you. Likewise, likewise. And, to me, it was thanks, wonderful. Thanks so much. No, thank yeah, you, so thank much. you. We're, we're gonna have to uh, stay. Oh, absolutely, stay we're gonna stay in touch because, I, I mean, I don't know how much you want to disclose of your your experiment during the year, or if you're gonna wait till the end of the year to say, okay, this is what, <clears throat> you know, after this X amount of time under these control circumstances, this is Everything what I came across. I do not keep anything away. The only thing I was keeping away was my name, but most people know me as William Lawrence. So okay. a lot of people are learning who I am. But okay. uh, as far as evidence, when I receive evidence, I post the evidence on, on my like Facebook. So I don't hold back anything. anything okay, perfect, I get, perfect. The day I find it, it goes up. Full disclosure. That's I, fantastic. Yeah, the main... The main reason I do that is I try to be transparent so you can see the methods. You, if I find anything, you'll see it. Great. Then we're going to stay in touch and let's see what happens. Good luck to you in 2018. And let's see what happens. I think I have this feeling that in the next few years, we are going to do a big major step in the direction of realizing, even though we might be kindergartners, <laughs> When it comes to other uh, civilizations or species, I don't even know what you want to call them. I think that that that's gonna work, that that's gonna be our reality within the next few years. It's not gonna be a hypothetical. Maybe uh, we're not sure. And uh, this this is the kind of this is it. This is the this is the way things like that happen. And that doesn't have to be. It, 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 in other words, what you have come across could be the norm just because it hasn't been seen before. Everybody expected to be communication to be a certain way. That doesn't mean it's going to have to be that way. It could come off left field totally, which is what this sounds like. It's it's time. Yes, really. it is time. We, we as humans are ready. Yeah, we're more than ready. <laughs> we're more than ready. We're ready. Well, thank you so much and have a fantastic week. And you were wonderful. Yeah. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. The Bye. best of luck to you. Thanks.
Wow. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> but when I said I'm at saturation point, I am. My brain's going... <sighs> because, you know... <clears throat> Let's face it, and I've said this before, human beings, some more than others, we like, despite, you know, all these things that we hear about UFOs and ETs and everything, it's like, okay, that that's there. Uh, you know, we've seen the movies or, but we like our reality. We like what we know. Um, we have all these preconceived ideas of, God, if ever ET's going to come down, what's it going to be like? You know, or... We're comforted thinking, yes, our government, despite people complaining that, hey, you know, they've held out, the government hasn't told us the truth. There's a part of us that's thinking, okay, they're they're handling it. The day they come out and they say, yes, we've had contact with an alien culture, race, whatever, multiple, <laughs> that's the big question mark, they will be okay, but you guys are handling it, right? What if that's not the case? I tell everybody that. What if the government does know about it, has known about it, might have collected some material, some evidence of some type, but at the end of the day, the reason they've held back is that they don't know as much as we think they do. And what does that do to us, as in all of us? When, because everybody's going to have a million questions from the governments, not only the United States, all these countries that also do have their own, uh, you know, um, uh, they have their own agencies that look into this. When everything that comes across is like, we don't know, we don't know, we don't know. Yeah. Do you think there's going to be people wigging out? Yeah. When they ask, uh, are they friendly? We don't know. Are they aggressive? We don't know. What do they look like? We really don't know. How many are there? We don't know. Let me tell you something. There's a lot of people that that's going to wig them out a big time. In other words, you know, the the people that we think like, you know, if you look at the X-Files, whatever you can tell you, as an example, the X-Files, yeah, obviously they portrayed the government uh, or the deep set or whatever you want to call it as the ones that were dealing with the ETs and doing whatever they were doing. And it's almost like Ignorance is bliss up to a certain point. But what if we don't have that type of control or we don't have that type of relationship with ETs, you know? That they're just doing this stuff and they're like, eh, be quiet, you know? And, and every once in a while, you know, we come across something, we cite them, um, whether it's a regular person or a pilot. I'm telling you, think about it. Maybe that's the reason why they're holding out. That's why that's the reason why they haven't come forward because they're not going to have answers for us. Despite all the theories out there that think that the government has all this information, all this evidence and uh, deceased ETs and technology. What if they don't? What if they don't? Now, that puts us on the how can I say, on the defensive, especially when you don't know what are their intentions. Are they going to study us? Are they going to colonize us? Are they going to eat us? Like in the Twilight Zone, the cookbook. What do they want with us? Are they just going to pull us up every once in a while and 
you know, take uh, tissue samples and, and if you go with some theories and pregnant, you know, do hybrid. I mean, <laughs> there's going to be people running around going, ah, depending on what their con- concept is of the intentions that uh, extraterrestrial life could have towards the humans here. I'm telling you, it's a great time to be alive because, God, there's a lot of things going on. And then you have something what's going on with what he discovered. And you've seen the pictures, and these are only a few of the pictures that he sent over. There's a lot more on his website, bentlights.com. Uh, that it's like, what is this? And what is it? You know, your your mind is like a parachute. It only works if you open it. Mine's open, but I'm like, oh. It's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable to, you know, there's people going to say, oh, that's BS. And you could. But at the same time, you look at some of these pictures and you're like, what in the world is that? And there could be communication via refracted light through to, through water and sunlight. Oh, why not? I mean, again, I come right back to the one thing that makes most human beings really, really uncomfortable to realize you don't know shit. We don't know shit. We, there's more that we don't know for all that we're at the top of the chain here on planet Earth. Maybe in the whole scope of things, we don't know. We're like I said, like we're like kindergartners. And man, talk about a reality check. Interesting, huh? Okay, guys. <laughs> I'm going to go and have some tea now and like... <laughs> sit back for a while let it percolate in my brain i hope you like this show i know i loved it um makes the gray matter move around please subscribe to my channel uh wherever it is that you find me whether it's youtube if you're listening to a podcast on spreaker iHeartRadio, itunes um so that you can get uh subscribe so you can get a notifications of any shows when i release them and you can follow me on Facebook and on Twitter, Instagram. This is where I usually live stream, uh, especially when I'm out on locations. Uh, also, my true believers, please do not forget about me. I'm still, I've received some fantastic, fantastic stories from my true believers about experiences they've had. And you're going to be seeing some of them in upcoming shows. Some of them I've actually been able to uh, basically film them and others you decided to write me and I retell it which is fine by me I don't care whatever makes you more comfortable go to miamighostchronicles.com go to the submit tab however you want to communicate that is fine with me okay I just want to hear those stories because I know there's not thousands there's millions and millions and millions of stories out there all right and I would love to hear them and retell them so guys thank you so very much for being part of my audience like i said before i hope you really enjoyed the show and i love bringing you this information even if it's a little bit on the wild side but like they say walk on the wild side take care guys you are all wonderful